This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of The Discourse, the short-form one-on-one interview show with filmmakers, actors, and other industry folks, which is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network. I am your host, Mike D'Angelo. On this episode, I got to sit down with filmmaker Sean Levy, director of the recent hit Free Guy, the Night at the Museum movies, Real Steel, and the upcoming Ryan Reynolds sci-fi film, The Atom Project, which hits Netflix on March 11th. The film follows a time-traveling pilot named Adam, played by Ryan Reynolds, who teams up with his younger self and his late father, played by Mark Ruffalo, to save the future. Uh, any fans of the 80s Amblin era movies like me will find plenty to love here. It's a fun sci-fi time travel adventure that you can watch with the whole family, but it doesn't necessarily talk down to its audience. And of course, you can also expect plenty of classic Ryan Reynolds quips. Uh, but this time, there's also a mini version of him played by newcomer Walker Scobell that's equally sarcastic. There's a lot of fun and a lot of heart. Uh, so if you like Free Guy, Ryan Reynolds, and Sean Levy's last movie, I think you're going to like this one as well. But before we get to our chat, I've got to tell you that The Discourse is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes The Playlist Podcast, Bingeworthy, also Be Real, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, and more. can be heard on iTunes, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and now Spotify. Follow us on iTunes and you'll get this podcast as well as our other shows regularly. Be sure to subscribe and drop us a comment or rating as we do very much appreciate it. Okay, enjoy the discourse with the very talented Sean Levy. Sean, thank you for giving me your time today. I'm a big fan of yours. I'm a big fan of Ryan's and surprise, surprise, I was a big fan of the movie. Awesome. Uh, so let's just start by where did this get started? How did the you know dynamic duo of you and Ryan kind of come to it? We were in post-production on Free Guy. We got along very quickly and effortlessly in making Free Guy. We got along on set. We got along in life. And we sent out word far and wide that, okay, send us more. We're looking for more things to collaborate on. And uh, while we were in post on Free Guy, David Ellison told Ryan about this idea that they'd been developing for like eight years about a guy who goes back and meets his younger self and his parents who are the same age as he is currently. And Ryan immediately told me about it. And I had a sense from that point forward that, oh, this was a chance to do something very different than Free Guy, but something that could, like Free Guy, be almost a Trojan horse, right? You think you're going to get a sci-fi time travel adventure, and you are, but you might also be surprised into an emotional 
experience. Mm -hmm. This idea just felt super juicy. And when I knew it was Tropper who had written the script, I've worked with Jonathan Tropper on This Is Where I Leave You. So I knew it would be humanist and both funny and moving. And from that point on, Ryan and I, like on Free Guy, linked arms, started working on rewrites and, and really were just like creative brothers all the way through the process. And watching the movie, I have to assume both, you know, this and your body of work, whether it's Real Steel or Stranger Things or Free Guy, uh, that you're a fan of kind of the Amblin movie days. Well, yes. I mean, you can definitely see in my, first of all, I think all of us between like 30 and 60 yeah. are descendants <laughs> of the Amblin ethos. Mm-hmm. But especially if you're a filmmaker of my generation, that cinematic blood flows in your veins inescapably, inevitably. Certainly I've been more conscious of it in the past several years because of Stranger Things, but really I look back at Real Steel and see that clear as day. And in fact, I have occasionally referred to the Adam Project as the descendant of Real Steel in Mm -hmm. that it's another genre concept that is a father-son redemption story. And um, I grew up on those movies. I miss a time when Hollywood made original movies with scale and spectacle that were also rooted in humanist themes. And I sensed that we had an opportunity to make just such a movie with the Adam Project. That and they were adventures with, you know, kids at the center of them, but they didn't dumb the kids down. They treated them like real human beings. And the kids actually, you know, did things that some kids that age do. They spoke like that. And this one does that as well with with Walker Scobell, um, who I he's mean, so amazing, isn't he? I mean, I remember yeah. when we were pitching Stranger Things and no one wanted it. There was this rule in Hollywood that, well, you can't make a, a story with kids. that isn't for kids. <laughs> and we were like, why? That's stupid. It's not like E.T. was for kids. It was for everybody. And that's how Stranger Things turned out. And with any luck, that's how Adam Project will turn out. And I think the key is to not pander to some idea of child innocence, but let people talk the way people talk. And we just stumbled into a miracle with Walker Scobell in that he is just staggeringly real and authentic on screen, brand new to this crazy job. And a Deadpool super fan. So he knew (laughs) going in how to channel that Ryan thing. Yeah. Do you think that's why he kind of meshed with Ryan so well is because he kind of took the Deadpool ethos and and brought it to his audition? Yes. Well, all he brought to his audition was naturalism Mm -hmm. and a clear comedic instinct. We didn't know until we were on set (laughs) that he had been secretly watching Ryan Deadpool movies since he was seven. So to be honest, I knew we had found uh, a a one in a million kid, but I didn't know that that same kid would also be able to channel Ryan's inflections and rhythms so innately. Yeah, he really does. You know, was Ryan like feeding him lines on the set or is that just innate in him? No, we were both feeding him lines a lot. So we first, we rewrote a lot of the script so that the voice was extremely Ryan-ish, but Mm -hmm. I don't think there was a single shooting day with Walker. And it was like a 70 day shoot. There was not one day where we weren't feeding Walker new things to say. And (laughs) the magic trick that Walker pulled is that we would feed him new words and he would like plug it into the Ryan Reynolds supercomputer in his body and spit out the perfect Ryan-esque delivery of (laughs) those new lines. 
how much time did you guys spend breaking down the stuff that we don't necessarily see on screen, like the 2050 of it all, the backstory for Adam and the time well, travel? Well, I almost. lucked out. I, I lucked out because Skydance and Jonathan Tropper had worked on this script mm. for eight years before Ryan and I came along. And that's a good thing because Ryan and I are really not time travel rules nerds. We just want to make it funny and moving and fun. So I lucked out because Tropper and the team at Skydance, they had spent hours and years working out the rules to a point where they were sound, but simple enough. Mm -hmm. So I got to walk in. I think all I did was simplify the rules in a more concise manner, but the hard thinking work that I hate doing, uh, (laughs) it was done for me. Sure. Uh, well, watching the movie, I, I just love the the vibe of it. You know, it's everything kind of like the 10 year old me would have wanted to see with my family, that kind of thing. So I'm hoping that, you know, the more people I show, the more family members I show, it's kind of going to become their kind of staple movie as they grow that, up. That is, I have to tell you, man, like already now that we've started to show in little screenings and stuff, the number of of tweets or emails or texts that we get about not just, hey, I dug your movie, but I watched this movie with my nephew who mm-hmm. is 11 and we were both fucking into it. Those, <laughs> those, that, that possibility of, of a movie being transportive, but connective among and across generations of viewers. That's of course the dream, at least my yeah. dream. Um, it's the movies I love most and it's the movies I aspire to make. Yeah. I'm fairly confident it's going to be a big hit for Netflix. With that said, you know, have you guys started to form plans for sequels or would you and Ryan rather kind of complete a trilogy of original films now that you have? Oh like man, three I do love the nobility of that goal. I mm-hmm. don't know that I can promise you that, but um, <laughs> we are developing several other original movies. And um, it's interesting because like Free Guy, we always had a sense that, oh, this could go somewhere else. And we are developing a sequel to Free Guy. With Adam Project, we have been asked, hey, could you maybe? So far, <laughs> we are disinclined. We feel mm. like this story has a closure to it. It lands A redemption well. and a resolution to it that maybe we don't want to mess with. And mm-hmm. um, for that reason right now, if we can walk away having made a movie that feels organic and satisfying, we might just leave that right there. Yeah. Well, you're plenty busy as a producer and a director. You've got, I mean, amongst other things, you got Stranger Things coming up. It it looks to be kind of leaning more towards, you know, away from the 80s Carpenter kind of thing and towards the 90s Cameron look. What can you kind of tease about what's coming up? Not much is my short answer. (laughs) Um, I will just say that season four, part of why it's taken so long is, of course, the pandemic. But part of it is also the ambition of the fourth season it is so cinematically epic and the complexity of pulling it off simply takes time it is incredibly cinematic in scope um without sacrificing these relationships and these character anchored storylines that uh have engaged audiences in such a passionate way yeah that's another one that i absolutely adore can't wait for a new one of that soon coming soon Yep, I know. I'll see it a little early, at least. You you also had, had mentioned earlier that you guys are developing Free Guy 2. Now, you said you weren't necessarily, I think in a recent interview, you said you weren't necessarily inclined to rush it, basically. Um, is that because you guys are really busy, or is it because you just don't have the right story quite yet? 
oh no, we just, we've been waiting on a script. No, it's, mm. it's neither. We are, I don't know anyone quite as busy as Ryan and I right now, because as you can tell, we're, I, thankfully I don't own seven companies. So he's got me beat there, <laughs> but I do have Stranger Things and a bunch of other shows and movies. So I feel like that evens it out. Um, no, it, it's just that he's made two really good Deadpool movies. I've made hopefully, you know, what are considered three really good night at the museum movies. We mm -hmm. both had a lot of success and made billions of dollars at the box office. And so we know from experience sequels are hard sequels that satisfy are hard. So we're just going to make free guy too, when we're sure we can pull that off. Good. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole interview would spend you and Ryan, you seem to be madly in love with one another and you've admitted to having conversations about this in the past. Can we go ahead and announce that Deadpool three is going to be directed by you at this point? <laughs> I don't think we can do that brother. <laughs> It was worth a shot. It was worth of a, course a quick it was. try. We're all just doing our job, homie. <laughs> well, I would love to see it. I think you guys work really well together. Um, we are certainly enjoying this brotherhood and, and this collaboration. Yeah, but uh, I did give a, a nod to 80s Carpenter there. Are you still working on a Starman remake here? I'm glad you asked. Just It's, it's strange. Uh, other than a Real Steel sequel, there's mm -hmm. nothing I get asked about more than Starman. The short answer is no. We mm. developed a few different drafts of the script, but there's an example where the scripts were fine, but I never became convinced and confident that I deserved to make a new Starman. That movie is exceptional, and I'm not going to touch it unless I know I can do something new with it. And we never quite cracked it. So for now, that one has gone fallow. Okay, fair enough. Well, I will say for one last final question, you have Mark Ruffalo there, you have Jennifer Garner there. Was there ever a point on set where Thriller just happened to come on and you know you saw if they knew the dance moves still? I, I really should have done that. I never <laughs> played it over the speakers, but once or twice when someone would bring it up, Mark would suddenly like bust into <laughs> just a hint of that choreography and then Jen would do it next to him and everyone on set like froze because they were like, conscious that they were witnessing a snapshot of history. Um, so I got a little taste and it was deeply satisfying. Awesome. Well, very cool. I, uh, again, I adored the movie um, and you. I can't wait for everybody to see it. And, you know, if we get a sequel, great. If not, it is a, a great movie on its own. Well, I really appreciate the uh, feedback and, uh, and I, I, I'm grateful. Awesome. Well, everybody, the Adam Project hits Netflix on March 11th. It is well worth your time. Thanks a lot, Sean. Thank you.